You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Selensky, along with Father Bill Ruel, here at Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. We've had a wonderful show already this morning, and um, we are on to our next guest, who is Kennedy Hall, the author of Terror of Demons. Welcome, Kennedy. Morning, Kennedy. Morning. Thanks for having me on. So, Kennedy, this is Father Bill Ruel. I'm the pastor of St. Patrick's Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And I'm really interested in this book, Terror of Demons. I see that it comes out January 18th. Uh, What would you like our listeners to know about uh, how you decided to write this book? Well, first, thank you for having me on. And that's so cool that you guys are broadcasting from a Catholic high school. I, um, I was a Catholic school teacher for seven years here in the province of Ontario. All right. Um, I've... I've since transitioned. I was a football coach, rugby coach, and taught religion. I've, I've transitioned to working for LifeSite News and doing some other stuff. Um, but I love teaching, so that's really great. Um, as far as um, what inspired me to write it, well, quite frankly, it was almost like a self-help project for myself. You know, I've, I've got uh, four beautiful children. My oldest is only six years old. Um, there's a lot of diapers in our house. And... Um, my wife is expecting our fifth child, and, you know, I love wow. my parents. I love my parents, but I, I wasn't raised in a, in a Catholic home. I mean, I was baptized, but that was about it. And um, a series of experiences, you know, I found my faith and visited Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico and was sort of radically transformed. And then we started having kids and, and trying to do a Catholic marriage, and I realized I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I sort of just consumed all the sermons and books and essays and conferences I could from good priests and good uh, Catholic men talking about, you know, how to be a good father, how to be a good man, and so forth. And, you know, I was looking around and I realized it was hard to find one resource that I could, you know, give to someone and say, here, this is like kind of all the stuff you need. So I just sort of wrote it out of necessity um, and uh, originally self-published the book last year, and uh, or, sorry, the years are, are melding together here in the two weeks to slow the spread, and uh, in 2020, actually. And it did really well, and then Tan picked it up, and here we are. It's amazing what God can do when you finally get to that place where you can admit you don't know what the heck mm-hmm. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there, buddy. A lot of us, yes. <laughs> so the title of your book, Terror of Demons, uh, Terror of Demons is a traditional title for St. Joseph. That's is right. this a book about St. Joseph? So it's kind of funny. Um, there's an appendix in the book where I have 12 articles that I had written when I was working at the Fatima Center um, that are devotional. Um, but when I wrote the book, uh, I actually wrote it in one month. It was in September of 2020. I just was sort of motivated one day. I said, I'm going to get up and write a book. And I did. And um, I didn't really, it, I didn't have much of a plan. It just sort of, it was almost like exhaling. Like I just had to get it out. And, um, when I had finished the book, about a month later, I went on a retreat, uh, the first silent retreat I had been on, and there was a little chapel, and there was a beautiful picture of the Holy Family, and a really uh, really masculine and kind of like handsome and virile picture of St. Joseph. I don't know how else to explain it. And he just looked so awesome, you know? And I realized as I was kneeling there praying that this book was inspired by him, and I didn't even know it. That just sort of came to my mind. 
And, um, you know, my whole life I had never put two and two together. But uh, my middle name is Joseph. You know, uh, I'm named after my no-no, God rest his soul. He's Giuseppe Viani. He was an you know, Italian man. Yeah. And um, But I realized, my goodness gracious, my middle name's Joseph, and I never thought of it. <laughs> I just never thought of, you know, the connection. And I was praying to God, and I said, what should the title of my book be? I had just written it, and I had no title. And immediately in my mind, it was Terror of Demons. And it was just, it was clear to me that that was, that was what the book was supposed to be the whole time. And how God works. So yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Kennedy, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of masculinity. Real sure. Presence Live, I'm Father Bill Ruel. We're talking with Kennedy Hall, author of Terror of Demons, comes out on January 18th. Um, I couldn't get a copy of it yet, not even a Kindle version before January 18th. So I'm, that's okay. So I was able to, I was able to find some sample pages on the Tan Books website. So I have a okay. few thoughts about your book. Okay, let I, I'd love to hear what you have to say about what masculinity means in this book. I, I'm looking at the table of contents of your book. For instance, uh, chapter two really intrigues me. It's called Effeminate Men. So, yeah. you know, you've, you've clearly got some ideas about masculinity <laughs> and uh, what it is and what it isn't. I'd love to hear about that. Sure. So, um, you know, I, the book has struck a nerve with some people, which is to be, I mean, that's fine. Uh, one of my favorite preachers, uh, Father Isaac Mary Relier, he preaches four last things, conferences all the time. And he always gets one or two people every conference who are really mad at him. Um, but he says it's because I found where the wound was, and it was festering, and I poked it. You know, that's what he kind of says. And then that person usually ends up having an amazing conversion, and it's the whole story. Um, effeminacy is a trigger word for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I've realized a lot of people think it means homosexuality. Uh, um, it, I mean, I, people can call, I mean, you could use that term, I guess, just any way you want, because the word basically just means being soft. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, he uh, talks about the Summa, and it means yielding to blows, basically. So he's, you know, he uses an example that you could technically, you could call a rotting door, you could call it an effeminate door if it was easy to push over. Um, so when you apply it to virtue, basically what it means is that you don't have any resolve. Uh, so ultimately, as Catholics, I think we need to understand it. It's, it's a, a vice opposed to the cross. Um, because, you know, the opposite of effeminacy is embracing your cross and in the metaphorical sense and then Christ doing it in the actual literal sense. So basically, uh, effeminacy is opposed to perseverance. It's opposed to virtue. It's opposed to integrity. Um, it is possible for men and women to both be effeminate. It doesn't mean femininity. That's another thing as well, is I think there's a little bit of a... There's an etymological similarity with the F-E-M, and some people think that that means, you know, it, it means being womanly or something. That's not the case at all, because... You know, if masculinity is manliness, that's a perfection for men, and if femininity is is womanliness, that's a perfection for women. Um, but they're, so but it, they're it both, yeah, they're both appropriate expressions of this virtue of perseverance. That's right. That, that you're talking about. You know, and when we talk about the moral life, we really have to get at virtue, our good habits that make us uh, whole, good, complete human beings. And to help us do that, we can also look at the vices that counteract or erode the virtue that we're looking for. So you're saying, hey, if the, if the virtue is perseverance, the vice to watch out for that's going to undermine the perseverance you want to grow in is this kind of 
softness. I think you said being a pushover, that kind yeah. of thing is really what effeminate means in this sense. That's right. And uh, ultimately, that affects a man. Uh, and, I, and you know what? Other people write books, books for women, but this book is just for men. So that, that's kind of what I focused on. Um, right. And, um, you know, for men especially, in a world that's filled with lots of temptations, uh, obviously, you know, Internet pornography is, is a big one. Um, but just, I mean, it's just so easy to be soft in, in the Netflix lockdown, you know, government welfare culture. I mean, how, why not sit on your couch and collect a paycheck and, you know, don't do anything hard. And um, it's really easy for all of us to fall into that. So I think it's especially pertinent right now that, and this is, again, this is me admitting these things about myself. You know, that's one of the dumbest things I ever did was write this book because now I'm not allowed to be, I'm not allowed to be soft anymore. <laughs> uh, you got to live up. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's why I always have to watch out for that in my preaching too. I got to live yeah. up to what I tell people. So, you know, thinking about this, I got to thinking about the whole idea of toxic masculinity. You hear that out there quite a bit. Uh, people denouncing uh, many times, I think rightly, a, a kind of masculinity that is harmful to others, harmful to community. Uh, what, what could you say about how the kind of masculinity you want people to know about is not toxic? Sure. Great question. Yeah. Um, well, first, you know, my model for the book is St. Joseph, okay? And, and in the human sense, St. Joseph was the fatherly model for, 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 the, for Jesus Christ, the man. Um, so what we see in Christ is we see what he learned in, from Joseph, in a sense, and we see a life of self-sacrifice. Um, so, you know, you think about what St. Paul says about the husband being the head of the family, which is a controversial one, but nonetheless, when he plays out what that looks like, it means what Christ did for his church. What does that mean? He literally lays his life down, okay? So a real man, after the model that the church and that Christ gives us for what a masculine, a manly man would be, He's a man of sacrifice. He's a man of service. He's a man where, literally and figuratively, he will die for those he loves and for God. Um, whereas this sort of toxic mas- masculinity, I'm a big G.K. Chesterton fan. He's my favorite author. And, um, you know, he has various quotes that I'll probably bastardize a bit here, but he says, you know, a, a vice or a heresy is one truth or one virtue exalted above all the others. Um, yeah, yeah I've heard that before, that. I remember, yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. And that's what, that's, I would call that machismo, you know? So someone says, well, I want to be a manly man. I'm going to go lift weights. Listen, I lift weights almost every day. I love lifting weights. Um, but if, you know, you make lifting weights your singular focus and you become vain, then you just become a caricature of masculine. You, may, you might look kind of manly, if that, if whatever that means, but you're not because really you're thinking about serving yourself because you're thinking... You know, I just want to get jacked, and that'll make me a man. Well, no, I mean, you don't, you don't have to look any way to be a man. Um, you need, if you're going to lift weights, it needs to be because you're saying to yourself, I need to be healthy for my kids. I need to be able to pick them up and give them piggyback rides and things. I need to be able to be healthy for my wife, you know, when she's breastfeeding, and i got to get out of bed and I can't put my back out, <laughs> you know, getting the baby out of the crib. That's why you have to be lifting weights or, or, or exercising. Um, similarly, you know, a man will say, you know, I'm a real man, I want to go and be a great businessman. Well, okay, if you're serving your family, but if it's an excuse to never be home and, and uh, you know, not be present to your family, then again, you've got this one sort of virtue, but you've exalted it above all the others and it becomes a vice. I think that's kind of the distinction I'd make. 
So you're saying there's more to masculinity than testosterone and Red Bull? <laughs> well, I don't drink Red Bull, but I, I, I think you do have to drink coffee, though. I, I oh, okay. That. So yeah. I, I love that, though. Exalting one virtue above all the others to the point that it becomes no longer a virtue. It becomes a caricature. Right. It becomes something that we, we truly could say is toxic. Uh, yep. You mentioned you mentioned St. Joseph. You mentioned uh, G.K. Chesterton as kind of examples for you. Do you have any other examples of traditional masculinity that you look up to? I love Fulton Sheen. I, I just love Fulton Sheen so much. I actually um, I'm supposed I'm in a third order. I'm supposed to meditate in the mornings. I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> what I've started doing is um, listening to Fulton Sheen sermons, you know, and sort of closing my eyes and trying to meditate. And and the reason I bring him up is because. He was just such a complete person, you know. He um, he was an actor, he was an intellectual, he was a preacher, he was a bishop, he was a servant. I mean, he was just one of those men where you could tell that um, God animated every single fiber of his being. And, um, you know, people might not think, okay, how is he an example of masculinity? Because, because of his servant leadership. You know, it's not all about can you chop down a tree or something like that. It's about, uh, and maybe he could, I don't know, he's a pretty, uh, pretty well-rounded fellow. Um, but he was a leader of, of, of the church, and, and you could tell that he wore his heart on his sleeve. I just love him. He just, I, I quote him a bunch of times in the book for that reason. Masculinity is about giving yourself just as Christ gave himself. That's right. We're talking with Kennedy Hall, author of Terror of Demons, comes out on January 18th. We're going to talk more with Kennedy after the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network really tuned in a lot of Catholic radio and programs like Catholic Answers Live, where you really got to dig into these questions about the mm-hmm. faith. A lot of the programming that we have on uh, EW10 Network and Real, Real Presence Radio really started to touch my heart while I would be working on projects. I worked for a big corporation, and so I had a little earphone time where I could tune yeah. in to Catholic radio, and I encourage you all to do that in your own daily lives yeah. as well. And that's really spurred my heart. I learned more about the faith prayer and mass, Eucharistic adoration. And after about a year and a half of that, I recognized the Lord was calling me to be a priest. And so I wrote my story. I turned it into the bishop here at Sioux Falls. And I said, you might think I'm crazy, (laughs) but I think God is calling me to the priesthood. You just tell me if that's not the case and I'll go get married because it's to a wonderful (laughs) Catholic woman and that will be fine by me. And he, he agreed. And then I was on my journey to the priesthood. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. 
From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. What an exciting morning here at Trinity High School in Dickinson. I'm Karen Solensky, along with Father Bill Ruel, and we are visiting with Kennedy Hall, the author of Terror of Demons. Welcome back, Kennedy. Thank you. This is great. So we were talking with Kennedy before the break about his book, Terror of Demons, comes out January 18th, and we were talking about masculinity and what true masculinity is. Kennedy, another important part of your book is that part of masculinity is being prepared for spiritual battle. Uh, And I was reading the little bit that I could find of what's available of your book so far, you talk about three fundamental commitments that's, that a man has to have in order to be prepared against spiritual attack. Talk to us a little bit about what those are. Right. So the first thing, uh, I have a chapter in there, uh, you know, the devil's real and he wants your soul. And um, personally, um, this is just my approach. You know, I was, I was a football coach and I've coached a ton of rugby and I would always look at my enemy, you know, let's call them that for a moment, like the other team. And I had to, I had to recognize where the strengths were, you know, because it's all well and good to have a plan. But if I don't know how, how to stop the threat or where the threat is coming from, then it's very likely that I'm going to lose. Or I'm going to be playing a, a reactionary game, and then it's more likely I'm going to lose it still. Um, so the first thing that we have to do is we have to recognize that the devil is real, and he wants your soul, you know. Um, uh, sadly, you know, the reality of the devil has been sort of sanitized out of uh, the common parlance when it comes to, to spiritual things. Um, but he's as real as he was at the fall of man and, and in the battle with St. Michael and, uh, you know, at the dawn of time. And um, hell is a place that he wants populated with your soul. That's just the reality. Um, now, um, the primary ways that the devil sort of comes after us, as, as far as I can tell from the spiritual masters, is through temptations. Um, so, you know, this is why I go into um, the basic ways of how to protect yourself against the devil, and the first thing to do is to, to recognize the things that tempt you, to vice. Um, you know, not just in the intellectual or spiritual sense, but also in the practical sense, you know. Um, it doesn't mean that everything that tempting is from the devil. You have a personality. You have your own free will. You might just enjoy eating potato chips at 11 at night. That's totally fine. That's that not necessarily Satan saying, eat these potato chips. Oh, good, because um, I, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm demonized because I'm drinking Mountain Dew. No. Um, but, um, no, but, you know, that's the, those are the, but the normal means of temptation um, or from the devil is through, you know, things. Okay, so this is why, you know, I, I even say in the introduction of the book, for example, <clears throat> first I say, before you even begin reading the book, take these practical steps before you start it. Because, you know, uh, I've noticed from my own experience in writing it, um, I experienced a bunch of sort of demonic activity, so 
sort of, you know, the gremlins trying to, to, to stop my computer from working and trying to stop me from being able to write and all this sort of stuff. And um, I've had feedback from a lot of men who have read my book. And as soon as they started reading it, you know, weird things started happening because it's a very powerful message in there. And it really um, exposes the prime enemy, who is the devil. Um, so I would recommend before you even start reading it, go to confession, make sure the binge rosary is a habit, and recognize the areas of major temptation in your life, you know, um, so that's the first thing is sort of recognize. Um, and then you asked me sort of, you said there were two or three ways. I can't remember what you said. Uh, yeah, well, I actually wrote it down, so I can help you out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so what I'm referring to is you, you uh, talk about three fundamental commitments that, that, that give this preparation that you're talking about in a practical way. And so what I'm referring to is you say daily rosary, get all the evil images out of your life. Oh, yes. And yes. then uh, examination of conscience and confession. That's right. That's what I was saying. So it's evil images. So I call, um, you know, the vice of pornography, I call it evil images. And that was my friend's recommendation, Tim Flanders. He runs the, he's the chief editor of, of Peter Five. And, oh, sure. Um, he, he's got a, yeah, he's a wonderful man. And he's, he lives in Michigan. And he has a, um, uh, an apostle himself called the Meeting of Catholics. And, um, and uh, he said, you know, Kenny, let's, because he helped me self-publish it the first round. And he said, let's call it evil images. And the reason is, he's like, let's call it what it is. You know, uh, pornography, okay, it's a dirty word, um, but it's kind of a sanitized word. It almost sounds clinical. Um, whereas evil images, that's exactly what it is. They're evil. You know, they're moving pictures and they're evil. They want, you know, they're, they're made for your destruction. Um, and that is the main vice that men are dealing with today. It just is. Um, Certainly. Not every man is addicted in the sense where it's like a, you know, a chemical compulsion or anything. Um, but for many men, it is a habit. And sadly, you know, I'm 33 years old, uh, you know, give or take 10 years older than me or so, that age group and under has been largely raised with access to the Internet. And that's, you know, been a disaster in that way. So, you know, I say, uh, you know, people will come to me all the time. They, you know, when you talk about masculinity, they'll say, I've got this problem. And I'll say to them, like, listen, you know, okay, you've got this problem. I sympathize. I'm not here to judge. We all got issues. Have you got rid of your smartphone yet? Unless you'll ask crazy. I can't do that. Well, what's, what's crazier than, like, I mean, it, the craziest thing is to go to hell. <laughs> that, true enough. So, yeah. So to so get rid of the smartphone, well, well, I need it. Well, do you really? I don't have a smartphone. I'm talking to you guys on a Nokia, <laughs> an old Nokia, uh, you know, candy bar phone. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, I can text. I got, a, I got a desktop computer, and we're good to go. Um, they'll say, well, you know, okay, fine, i get rid of the smartphone, but you know, I, need my, I need my laptop. And it's like, well, well, where do you partake in this vice? Well, it's always, you know, on my laptop when the kids are asleep or something. Then please take the laptop, and please go throw it in the lake. Well, I need my laptop. You need your soul. <laughs> you need your soul. But you need anything. Well um, said, so, Kenny. So, you, know, you need your soul more than you need a laptop or a smartphone or any of those things. Uh, and so we were talking before about masculinity as opposed yeah. to effeminacy. And effeminate in the way that you mean it means uh, being too easily pushed over. And so now you're That's talking right. about uh, being pushed over by the constant temptation of evil images out there that's and so right. in that's a right. simple way i think your message is quit being pushed over mm -hmm. yeah it's and and also like i have a line in the book i actually i think i learned this line from matt brad or some, I, some something 
said something like it, where, you know, because of concupiscence, you know, this, this propensity to give in to vices that we have because of original sin, um, we're almost, most men are like recovering alcoholics when it comes to lust. And it's just something that is part of it. Um, and, and, and just like recovering alcoholics, some of them become totally fine, and they can be around alcohol, and they can, they can go to a bar and hang out and drink a soda with lime, and, and it's never an issue, and they never relapse. Or some of them can't even drive by a liquor store. And you've got to recognize where you're at in that regard. Uh, so if you're somebody who can't handle having a, an iPad around, then you're actually being strong by getting rid of it. You know, no one understands the strength of a temptation more than the person who actually resists it. Um, ah, amen. And, and, um, and that's just basically what I would say. Strength of masculinity uh, at at some point is always going to include getting rid of the things that are not good for you. Uh, Real, Pres- Real Presence Live, Father Bill Ruel here with Karen Selensky. We're talking with Kennedy Hall from Ontario, Canada on a Nokia, what did you call it, Nokia candy bar phone? That's the type, yeah, it's the open space, <laughs> not a flip phone. Got it, okay. Uh, before we run out of time, uh, where can people get a copy of your book, Terror of Demons? Well, I know some people like Amazon, some people don't. So if you do like Amazon, or if you can tolerate Amazon, uh, you can go to Amazon and just type in Terror of Demons. The full title is Terror of Demons, Reclaiming Traditional Catholic Masculinity. Um, so you can find it there. But it's available on the TAN website, so if you just go to uh, TAN.com or TANbooks.com and you type it in, it's, uh, it's coming out in five days. So you can order it. It'll just ship on the, uh, the 17th or 18th. And... Um, and then also bookstores. I mean, you know, it's, it's published by TAN now, so um, bookstores all over North America uh, will have it in stock. If you have a Catholic bookstore you like, I imagine they deal with TAN, as most of them do. So you just say, I want to get this book in, and I'm sure they'll order for you. Great. Kennedy Hall, author of Terror of Demons. It comes out January 18th. Kennedy, what did you get for Christmas? Uh, I got some uh, dumbbells for my weight room. Oh, all right. Okay, so <laughs> you weren't kidding. You you are into the weightlifting. I love, I'm a meathead. I love it. But yeah. Kennedy wants us to know that weightlifting is by no means the the sum total of masculinity, mm-hmm. uh, and that really masculinity is about spirituality. It's about right. the willingness to engage in the spiritual battle, uh, and I think what you said is so full of hope, Kennedy, because you're not saying it's about always winning the spiritual battle. It's about being ready right. to fight. Um, That's right. Take, take a few seconds and tell us about uh, where you get your strength from to, to engage in that spiritual Our Lady, battle. Gua- Our Lady Guadalupe. I, was a re- I'm a re- I still am a wretched sinner because I'm, I'm, I'm a Catholic, so I have to admit that about myself. <laughs> um, but I went to Guadalupe in 2014, 2015, and it changed my life. And I, I couldn't breathe if I didn't pray the rosary. So pray the rosary every day. Amen. Awesome. Kennedy, thank you so much for visiting with us. Uh, We are going to take a break, and we'll be back with, who are we going to talk to next? We're going to be with a new event about the University of Mary, so stay with us on Real Presence Live right after this. 